everyone. Welcome back to Collaborative Edges, conversations to inspire initiatives across languages and cultures. I'm Rocio Quispeagnoli at Michigan State University and the host of our podcast series about projects across languages, cultures, and disciplines. To today, we have three teacher scholars from diverse language and cultural studies programs at Michigan State. Catherine Rue, professor of Japanese and Korean literatures, Camila Suleiman, professor of Arabic language and cultures, and Jason Merrill, professor of Russian literature and film. This is our first, I hope, of several podcasts about the notion of passing across languages and cultures. Welcome. Thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you oh. so much for having us. Thanks thank for, you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Okay, um, I'll start with a question for Catherine. Last April, you organized a two-day symposium at MSU on the poetics of passing, self-representation, self-fashioning as the other in Zainichi cultural production. Could you explain briefly the notion of passing and its relation to the other, the concept of the other in your study and the symposium? Yes, absolutely. So actually, that was the very first international symposium exclusively focusing on Zainichi. So Zainichi refers to Korean residents in Japan, and this diasporic community has a historical origin in the very early 20th century when Korea was colonized by Japan. So in this context, the uh, notion of passing and other refers to the fact that Zainichi Koreans would like to pass as Japanese. But Actuality, this statement is not entirely accurate because um, it assumes that Zainichi Koreans has possessed the intent to pass and, and become Japanese or seen as Japanese. But the intriguing aspect of Zainichi Koreans is that it's actually much easier to pass than not to pass. Mm -hmm. So if we look at Zainichi populations from second generation on, it is, it is nearly impossible to distinguish Zainichi Koreans from Japanese based on their appearance or their mm -hmm. ability to speak Japanese. So I think the notion of other emerges uh, in a different way when we look at actually how and when Korean residents in Japan try not to pass. I don't know if that makes sense. So, you know, in, in Japan, we have this idea that it's a mono-ethnic society. Yeah. So if you can pass as Japanese, there's really no benefit for you to come out as Korean. Okay. So when Koreans try to come out, that actually marks the time when they, they are trying to discover themselves, and so that's the time when they discover the foreigner within, in themselves. Okay, that has to do, we'll go more into that uh -huh. later, with polit what I call, or what we call in my field, Latin yeah. American studies, okay. uh, politics of identification. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do no longer focus as much on identity, yeah. uh, but on how do you identify yourself, yeah, yeah, when very, and yeah, where. Very, very, very so. interesting, and I would like... Oh, something else, Catherine? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just, I guess my definition of passing would be something like um, an authorized movement between and through 
different identity categories that are not assigned to you. Okay, and can one do that mm -hmm. uh, several times through a lifetime? Oh, absolutely. Or, uh, perhaps in the same day or... Yeah, in, in, yeah. in different contexts. In different contexts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So... Okay, and... Uh, I would like uh, to ask Camelia, since you work another area and other linguistic reality uh, related to the Arab culture, uh, uh, how could you give us examples uh, of this notion of passing in what uh, you have observed or studied? Okay, um, well, there are many examples because uh, as we know, the Arab state which emerged in the mid-20th century out of the shackles of European colonialism, is a nation-state that excludes any non-Arab, non-Muslim from full membership in the new era of citizenship. And uh, we are talking about 22 countries that are officially the Arab League. Um, this notion of uh, binding a, a continuous Arabness from the Atlantic Ocean to the Arab Gulf has been contested since the establishment of the nation state. But we see it lately pronounced in the collapse of the state in many places as a result of external intervention, but also a result of the monolithic nature of who gets to be a citizen. Uh, my concern naturally comes from where I was born an area that has been contested for at least the past century, which is Palestine, Israel. Mm -hmm. Some argue that the intersectionality of European interest, and it's partly religious, it's the, you know, the Holy Land, Arab nationalism, Zionism, and Islamism erased what we call today, what we could call a Palestinian individual or collective. What area, location, or landscape does this individual inhabit? And where is her place in history? Okay, now um, I like to, I have uh, to go to a Russian film because last week or a couple of weeks ago, uh, Prisoner of the Mountains, a 1996 uh, film uh, tells, that tells a story about two soldiers who are held prisoners by their enemies during the Chechen war was shown as an example of passing in Russian cinema. Jason, could you tell us more about the film and how the notion fits uh, the story or the characters in the story? Sure, thank you, Rocio. So this um, film, as you said, is set during the first Chechen war. Um, it follows two soldiers, Sasha and Vanya, uh, who are taken prisoner and who are held uh, in, a, in a small mountain village the idea is that they are held by a man whose son is being held by the Russians and he would like to uh, effect a, a swap, change, essentially, and have his son released in exchange for the release of these two uh, prisoners. Uh, and the setting is very, very important. Not only is it set during the first Chechen war, but the Caucasus are a very, very diverse area, and Chechnya being part of the Caucasus, and it's an area where questions of identity are very important. And one of the things that the film looks at is this question of, is this area Russian or mm -hmm. not? Politically, it is, although that was under question at the time. Uh, but in terms of other measures of identity, perhaps not. Um, and in the film connected with our theme of passing, 
there are a couple ways of looking at it. There's the, the literal geographic sense because we have what happens when Russians pass into a space that looks decidedly non-Russian. And this is emphasized during the film, The Younger of the Soldiers. Vanya, we often see him looking through windows as he's observing life around him. He's not part of it, but he sees it and takes it all in. Um, and also, uh, passing can also be looked at in this film um, in terms of the ethnic groups that meet in the film. So what happens when Russians and Chechens actually spend some time together? And this is perhaps comes out best in the film through the characters of Dina, who is the, the teenage daughter of our um, the man who's holding them hostage, and Vanya, who is the younger of the two uh, soldiers. They get close during the film. He gives her little presents, and she ultimately asks her father to release him, or to let him go, which he does. Uh, the one time in the film that she actually dares to address her father, right after that she has found the keys to his shackles and actually given them to him to let him go. Um, and he mentions at the end of the film that these are people that he has come to love. So he has a much different experience mm -hmm. with these groups, than, with the Chechens than, say, does the older uh, soldier Sasha, who at a certain point in the film says, I would love to come back here and just destroy everything and kill mm -hmm. everybody involved. So it's a, really an examination of these two particular groups and the question of uh, with what is their identity connected and really is there any chance for you know, closer connections here? Yes, and also uh, how much differences are real to separate mm -hmm. us, mm -hmm. no? mm -hmm. to confront each other. Yeah, um, because I was, uh, I watched the film and I am an outsider to Rus or, uh, Russian, Euro, a, a Asian societies and cultures I'm, um, from Peru. And to be honest with you, uh, I, I was looking at the, all the characters in the film and I couldn't distinguish. I said, why are some Russians and some Chechen? Mm -hmm. I thought they were all part of one group. I don't understand why they are fighting with each other. And then if they are fi fighting with each other, it sounds more like a civil war than a mm -hmm. war among different nations, mm -hmm. but that is from my ignorance because I'm an outsider, so I couldn't see the differences that they they see that's mm. and that separate them, mm. you know? And this mm -hmm. difference is conveyed in the film um, through dress, through landscape, and very importantly, through language as well. This is and what about religion? That, that wouldn't, and through yeah, religion. Religion as yeah, well, yeah. Um, and the language question is one that won't come out in uh, through... Uh, the subtitles, of yeah. course, but but uh, speakers of Russian will carefully note who's speaking fluent Russian, who's speaking mm. accented Russian, what kind of accent mm. it is. When is Chechen being spoken in the film as well? It's quite like the area itself. It's quite a diverse uh, mm. mix there. Yes, yes. Now that you mentioned, that's what we have in Latin America that we distinguish each other mainly through language. Because we look alike so much, the mm -hmm. the people of the Latin American uh, nations, mm -hmm. uh, uh, physically speaking, you know, appearance, uh, that we distinguish uh, through language, accent, and also within one country like uh, Peru, for instance, we dis we dis uh, distinguish people who come from the highlands of, or from the rainforest through language, uh -huh. the way they speak, 
That's yeah. usually the only way to distinguish oh, each funny. other. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. Now, I have a question for the, the three um, of you. Um, we have all uh, these examples um, from different languages and cultures and stories, uh, um, Arab, Japanese, Korean, Russian, uh, um, about um, passing. What do they have in common? What do you observe uh, that passing has in common through all these manifestations, and is there any difference? Catherine? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so actually I will answer your question by talking about his film. He just talked about dress. And so when I remember one scene when those two prisoners were released a little bit outside and they were dancing, and they were given their uh, <coughs> dress for yes. Chechenian attire. And from the long shot that we were a given, it is impossible to see, to identify them as foreigners at all. So, mm -hmm. and I see that um, when ethnic markers are tied to the parents, yeah. I, I think that that equation is very prevalent in all different cultures as well. But that also means that if we change fashion, since fashion is very changeable, it kind of erases the particular marker yeah. so that that could be a way to mark or a way to hide one's identity. Yeah, and that's, that's I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I cannot avoid making connections mm -hmm. with what happened in Latin America oh, because okay. when the dress, mm -hmm. you're right, the dress mm -hmm. is a, a very important marker, but mm -hmm. when the dress as a marker disappears mm -hmm. or fades, mm -hmm. the only thing we have left mm -hmm. is language. I mean, the way one speaks, mm -hmm. you know, so I can tell if you're from the highlands or the rainforest or the coast or mm -hmm. the north or the south. Yes. Yeah, and that's... Uh, I'm having an epiphany right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, with language too, but I think yeah. it's the accent because in America we have all different ethnicities here. Yes. And you can speak English perfectly, right? And But if you speak accented English, then it kind of reinforces what your uh, yes. ethnic markers yes. already communicate to the other. Yes, right? you're right. Camelia. What do you think about common points of notion of the notion of passing across different cultures? Yeah, I see it simply as the human quest for belonging, for rootedness, and for recognition of existence, in, uh, and historicized be groundedness, really. And I'm reminded of uh, Ibn Khaldun, uh, a Muslim scholar from today's Tunis in the 14th century, who we could say was the first to maybe modern uh, thinker thinking of passing as a very human phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. And Jason, what do you think in the case of uh, uh, Russian culture and commonalities with other ways of understanding passing in other cultures? Um, I think one of the um, important points to take away from the film is that it is emphasized in, in the opening that it that is based on uh, Tolstoy's short story of the same title from the 1870s. Um, although there are a host of prisoner texts throughout Russian culture, it's, it's a constant motif in trying to understand, really, and come to terms with the Caucasus and its place in Russian culture. Um, but specifically the Tolstoy story, which again is built off of Tolstoy's own experiences during the Crimean War, which is the Crimea, of course, is another ethnically diverse area. Um, and for Tolstoy, uh, war was not a normal state. It was caused by other external factors that were not natural. They were not normal to humans. Um, and uh, that's one of the larger 
questions that this film really gets to. One of the ways we can, in fact, read it is about power, empire, and I think that's something that's mm -hmm. in common yeah, with absolutely. everything we're talking about here, um, and take it as an anti-war film in mm -hmm. that sense. There's a, mm -hmm. a, a great scene at the beginning where it's one of the few times we see Russia itself, well, we assume it's set in Russia. All we really see is out one of the windows in the recruiting center, we see an Orthodox church off in the off in the background, and that's really all we have for placement markers. We have no idea mm -hmm. where this is in Russia. Um, and all of the recruits are walking around with, with no clothes on. That is, mm -hmm. you know, they've been stripped of their identity by, by the machine. As, as I always mention in my film class, it brings to mind the opening of uh, Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket when all of the recruits are having their head shaved as well. It's that mm -hmm. same sort of initiation into the machine. So it's you know, larger human questions here, and that's an yeah. important one. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, um, I'm not going to talk about the end of the film because that's a spoiler, but uh, the, the last scenes, and I cannot go into detail <laughs> because people have to watch it. it, it I had, as a, as a viewer, such um, uh, a sense of um, sadness. I was so sad because I said, oh, my God, this is a pro there is an issue of communication here. Communication doesn't f happen fast enough, mm. and it's such a senseless Mm -hmm. war. Yeah. And it really touched me. It mm -hmm. really touched me at the end. I was almost crying at the mm -hmm. end. Okay, um, Catherine, um, to, to um, start um, wrapping up our podcast today, uh, uh, in addition to the symposium mm -hmm. that took place last spring in April, then this is the second event, the, the um, screening of uh, Prisoner of the Mountains and the presentation by Jason and uh, the previous film, Dear X, mm -hmm. uh, um, um, sponsored by your initiative, this project, and also with the um, assistance of our colleague, Selan mm -hmm. Sang. So this is, these are two events this year. What happens next? What's, what's um, coming next? Okay, well, thank you for that question. So next semester, we will have three more faculty seminars. So first one will deal with uh, Jewish uh, context, passing in Jewish context. Mm -hmm. And then we will have another one looking at uh, indigenous myth in the context of colonial Latin American. Mm -hmm. And then the final seminar will focus on sexual minorities in contemporary Japan. Yeah. And in addition to these um, seminars, we will have a more informal conversations uh, twice next semester. So I will be inviting faculty members to come and share their um, views on how passing can be interesting can intersect with their own teaching and research. And then I'm hoping to have another wrap up conversation toward the very end of the semester. So I hope that you will all join us then. Good. So I'm expecting that we'll we'll do more podcasts yes, based on yes. those presentations mm -hmm. because it's a whole set. Yes, it's a whole global this, context. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay. Well, thank you very much uh, for being here to, today. I like to conclude this conversation, um, giving giving you my heartfelt thanks, and invite you uh, everyone to watch Prisoner of the Mountains as a great example of passing in Russian uh, film. We would also like to uh, invite you to attend more activities and presentation of passing this year. And we will have you again next year to continue the conversation. 
Last but not least, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Letters, any of our sponsors, or any official entities of Michigan State University. Tune in for our next podcast, and happy holidays! Happy holidays! Thank, Thank you, you for, for having, having us! us.